Welcome to the Hey SGA podcast, a conversation with Chapman Student Government Association. My name is Erin, and I'm joined with my co-host, Philip. In three, two, one. Hello, everybody. We hope you are doing well and hanging in there. We are about... Tune in as we discuss what that means for SGA, the university, and most importantly, the students. And don't be afraid to join the conversation with us. Hello, everybody. We hope you are doing well and hanging in there. We are about less than a month out until the academic year ends, which is extremely crazy to think about. It feels like this has been one of the longest and craziest years of our lifetime, but it's definitely gone by quick in certain ways as well. Yeah, Philip, I completely agree with you. Graduation is literally around the corner, which I cannot believe. Um, we mm-hmm. have like less than two months for for that to come. Um, and Philip and I both thought, you know, it would be nice to take a step back and reflect on the past school year and the year overall, you know, ever since COVID hit and everything that we've had to, to go through, um, you know, as a community, as a society, as a world. Uh, we also, you know, got some student responses through our Instagram about lessons people have learned. So we'll go over those as well. Yeah, so I think before delving into some of those conversations, it is important to kind of give a an update as to where we are right now because we did an we you know we've covered we've had episodes that cover throughout the entire pandemic for the most part at least the the second half of the the academic year and you know when we started recording these episodes it was COVID cases were really Mm -hmm. high the situation was not good I think it was just not a good situation and right now you know we're recording this in April um the situation's looking much better California has the lowest positivity rate in the entire country. Vaccinations are increasing every single day. And, you know, things are, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. June 15th is a big deadline for the state. Commencement's going to be happening in late July, early August, and fall 2021 is most likely going to be quote unquote uh, normal. And yeah, I just think it's so crazy to, to believe that that is, that is becoming the reality rather than just increasing cases and increasing chaos. It's becoming more hopeful. Mm-hmm. I definitely share sentiments to the light at the end of the tunnel. I think, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning when we started doing this, um, we didn't know what the future would look like. I mean, I know that we still don't know what the future is going to look like, but at least we have a better idea and at least we have some hope, some sense of hope. And I think it's great to hear that California has, you know, the lowest positivity rate, especially since we were one of the highest at a, at a time. Um, there was mm-hmm. a point in time that we were one of the highest. So, that's a, a great turnaround. Um, vaccines have been, you know, they've been coming out, which is great. And um, I know that we've had some discussions about what that's going to look like in the fall. Are people going to be required to get a vaccine or are they going to, you know, is the university going to just strongly urge students to get a vaccine? Um, and I think that's, that's an important topic of conversation. It is, yeah. And, you know, the day we're recording this on, what is day, April 16th, and we're actually having a conversation in our, our Senate meeting today about what the university should do in regards to vaccines come fall. So hopefully we'll have some more updates after that. But, but yeah, it is just like you said, a light at the end of the t- tunnel. It's very, it's a more hopeful environment than it was a few months ago. So at this point, I think, you know, the history major in me wants to pull out the lessons from this past year. I mean, it really has been a historic year. And I think that if we don't take any 
lessons from from what's happened, from what we've experienced, then um, it, it's just an extreme waste of of everything that's happened. Not saying anything that happened is good per se, but there are some silver linings, I think, in all of this in, in a variety of ways. And just for context for people listening, like this is going to be kind of an episode that's all over the place because when you look at it, I mean, this past year has been messy and so many things have happened. I mean, one, just being in the context of the pandemic, but also issues of racial injustice. I mean, just as we're recording this episode, more and more issues have taken place in the very mm-hmm. week that this episode's being recorded. And, you know, the impact on the economy that the pandemic has caused and the impact on the student experience. And, you know, in California, we were dealing with wildfires and just issue after issue, topic after topic. So it's going to be an episode that reflects on everything. So it's going to go all over the place. But I just wanted to, to provide you with that warning. Yeah, and I think that you know, even though there are those silver linings, it is still important to, you know, reflect on the difficulty and truly acknowledge mm-hmm. the difficulty of this time that we've been in and, you know, with everything going on, you know, social injustice and fires and um and every you know, the economy, people losing their jobs, people not getting to see their loved ones, all of that. Uh, there's been great loss experienced mm-hmm. during this time. Um, and I do think that it is important to acknowledge that um, as well as the silver lining so that, you know, we can move forward as a community together. I know that, you know, from mm-hmm. Instagram, you know, a few students were saying that a reflection for them is how quickly things can change. Uh, it is crazy to see that you you spend so much time building this life and you, you know, spend so much time building something that's so important to you for it to disappear that quickly you know and now you have to figure out a new way to operate so everything you know we had our routine our day-to-day routine and then we had to move virtual and now we have to learn how to you know learn in a virtual space work in a virtual space communicate in a virtual space something that we haven't had to do um ever so it has definitely taken a toll on uh on you know everyone personally and in general couldn't agree more i mean just looking at that that response of how quickly things can change i think back to what you were saying in march of last year where we went we transitioned online and i remember one day my roommate was like yep we're gonna go online and that was a few weeks before you know we got that march 11th march 12th announcement and I was like, what? No way. No way. It's going to be okay. And then look at us now. We've been online for over a year and this has become our new normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea of going back to in-person and seeing people and being in big crowds and going to events, that sounds crazy now. So I think talk about how quickly things can change our entire sense of of what life is to be a little extra dramatic really has been altered this past year. And think about how quickly that has changed. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Honestly, I think of, I think of how much, honestly, there've been a lot of benefits. So commute time I've realized has been, <laughs> has been, um, has been great. You know, you just roll out of bed and you log onto your computer and you're, and you're set. 
uh, no more having to get in your car and drive to a place and, and all of that. I know that that is fun um, because you can probably listen to a podcast, listen to your favorite album or, or something. But I find that there are more times, there, there's more time in the day for you to be able to squeeze um, activities in. So I guess that could be a plus or a minus. I've found myself to be more busy in this virtual space, even though I felt like I would have more mm-hmm. time um, despite having to commute and not being in person. Uh, but I've found that it's, it's actually been quite busy, which is a surprise. I would say that's a surprise. Is there something that has surprised you about the virtual setting that you didn't realize would actually come from it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things. And I think that's a good kind of first lesson that we can look at is you know, the potential of, of these virtual environments and Zoom and Teams. And when I say Teams, I'm referring to Microsoft <laughs> Teams and just the ability to video conference. And I think that, you know, like you said, it has its pros and cons, but I think it does have a lot of pros. And if we're pulling lessons from this past year, I, I'm pretty confident that many organizations and sectors are going to incorporate that type of working environment into their organization so more virtual meetings because i there's plenty of meetings that just no, don't need to be in person and when you, when you can save everyone traveling for a half an hour meeting to just do a quick zoom call why not i mean have the in-person meetings when you need them and this can transition to um or transfer over to classes too. have the in-person meetings when you need them and then do what you can online have that kind of blended environment and I think it'll produce a lot of good good results for everyone. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think also in the virtual space, you can because you can access it from anywhere, that means you can include anyone too. So I know that there are some conferences that people have attended and you know they're living in a completely different state and the conference is held somewhere else or it could be in a different country. I think that that's really great too. Um, you know, mm-hmm financially that saves a lot of money and it saves a lot of time you don't have to travel to that different place but you can still connect and be and feel connected to a group of people in that virtual space so i think i think yeah that's that's a great benefit completely agree so that's definitely one of them and we and then we kind of um in that talked a little bit about teaching styles and i know in one of our earlier episodes we talked about kind of different ways that the education realm can kind of pull some of these adaptations to make their pedagogy more diverse and accessible and beneficial for students. Because obviously with a diverse group of students, and when I say diverse, different learning styles primarily, you know, I think this is a time where professors have had to change the way that they teach because we're in this online environment and the traditional lecture Sure, it might work, but it's not going to be the catch-all solution um, in a virtual learning environment. And I think if there's one area where education should adapt um, and, and take lessons from this pandemic, it's that there are many ways to teach students and we need to pull from some of these uses of technology that we've had to, to learn about this past year and make them permanent components of education because technology is the future not just you know learning new technological skills but using technology to enhance the learning process and I'm curious kind of what has your experience been with that this past year Erin? I think 
first off, I do definitely think that this topic is something that, you know, we can make an entire episode about. Um, I think it's something mm-hmm. that's very important and something that has crossed my mind even before the virtual setting, even before the pandemic. Uh, how can we diversify the teaching style within higher education and education altogether? You know, because um, what is always, what I've always questioned is how can we have one system of teaching if we are all diverse people we're all different we learn differently you know and what might work for someone might not work for another person so i definitely mm-hmm. have found joy in the the ways that professors have tried to to differentiate the teaching style um through this time i hope that it is something that we take into you know, when we're trying to get back to that sense of normal, even though, you know, you mentioned this is our new normal, which I do agree with. Um, I, you know, when we're in person, I hope that professors and teachers of all kinds can, can draw from that and expand on how can you engage the classroom more? You know, how can we further education, not just through a lecture style and not just through, you know, a test, but how can we test someone's knowledge um, through a different means? So, Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I completely agree that this is you know important topic, um, and I think that it's something that we should reflect on. Yep, yep, for sure. And like you said, this could be an entire episode. Heck, this can be an entire series. This could be an entire book. Um, so I'll I'll just give one example. But one thing that I've enjoyed from this past year, and not all of my classes have done it, but one class in particular has employed a flipped learning style or method. And, and this essentially is having, you know, the lecture and the reading and all of that take place outside of, I'm going to use quotes, the classroom, because obviously we're still on Zoom. But by doing this, it allows class time to be used for more engaging discussions and learning opportunities rather than just sitting back and everyone listening to the lecture at the same time. So I think that's just one of myriad examples of ways that educators can kind of transform the way they do things to make everyone's time more valuable because, and I think that's kind of a general theme that I'm, I'm already seeing with two of the lessons that we talked about with, you know, the virtual meetings, the diversification of teaching styles, um, just making everything more valuable for the people involved. So we, again, we could talk about this for hours, but I think it would be helpful to keep it shorter than that for for people listening. (laughs) Yes. Before we we transition over, um, something about that I have also appreciated is recordings, recording the lecture or the classroom, um, the -hmm. classroom time so that it could be viewed at a later date. I think that that has definitely helped when preparing for tests and studying and trying and truly trying to grasp, grasp the material, um, is mm-hmm. being able to you know view that content later on because that didn't that did not exist to my understanding when we were in person. Um, I don't recall having any classes where I could you know tune back into what 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 we had the previous week and still you know have a better understanding of the material. So I think that that's something that should definitely transition into in person. Completely agree. Completely agree. So another another response that we received on the Instagram was someone saying cherish every single moment. And I think that, you know, although short, that's a very powerful quote. And what my first reaction is, is the, you know, 
the Chapman experience that that members of the the Chapman community know and love. And, you know, that looks different for different people. But I think we all kind of have one general idea of what that means to be a part of the Chapman community and having that, you know, in-person experience in reality. And I think that over the past year, it's just solidified that desire for that Chapman experience to remain intact. You know, yes, certain things can move into virtual environment, but so much of Chapman is, and, and so much of college in general, is people and interactions and events and the informal conversations in the hallway and in the piazza. And I think that's something that we realized, you know, yes, online learning has its pros, but also it doesn't allow for that full experience. And that's kind of what I think about with Cherish Every Single Moment, reflecting back to when we were on campus, you know, how we just kind of took those moments for granted. And then here we are. So hopefully we'll be able to to integrate those along with some of these other general lessons that we've we've learned. Mm-hmm. As a graduating senior, what do you what do you think about that? Well yes, well before I, I touch on, you know, graduating, um, sad face emoji. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, I think on the flip side we won't talk yeah, about we, it. we won't discuss it. Um I think on the flip side of cherish every single moment, you you touched on a little bit, um we shouldn't take things for granted too. I think that 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 allows us to understand that in the future when we are making memories and we are you know and we are in a specific place for however long it may be that we make sure to not take that for granted because we see we've experienced Mm -hmm. how quickly that could be taken away um, and how fortunate we are to have these opportunities um, which can tie into you know cherishing every single moment and as a senior, I've had to think a lot about that and reflect and come to terms with the fact that my entire senior year has been virtual. Um, I didn't get to experience the quote-unquote Chapman experience the the way that I have in the past. And I've had to look back on you know being involved on campus and getting to do all of the fun things that come with being at Chapman and and being satisfied with that and being okay with, okay, you know, being okay with the fact that that was my last time to experience those things. Um, So I definitely share sentiments with cherishing every single moment and having to reflect on that. Um, And, you know, though it is sad for first year students who, you know, they come into college and they didn't get to experience college the way that they were hoping, I think the upside for them is the fact that they do have a few more years to go so they can fortunately mm-hmm. have some sense of normalcy. Um, yeah. You know, outside of outside of what we've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think that's just another both lesson and reflection that, you know, it could all be encompassed into those two things. So another part of this cherish every single moment is connected to, in my opinion, the in-person environment and This past year, I mean, we've seen such a polarized, not only student body, but society. I mean, we've had a very intense presidential and general election. We've had just an extremely tense political environment in general, and just environment in general, I should say, with differing views on the pandemic and issues of racial injustice and politics, you name it. There's a dichotomy, two views, and it seems to always be a tension and fighting and 
Chapman is kind of a microcosm of what society at large looks like. And we've seen a lot of these debates and conversations happen in the virtual environment, specifically on social media. And personally, I think one of the lessons that that I want to pull from that is that in-person discussions and events and conversations produced produce and yield such better results than the social media. I'm going to call them fights because I really do think that they have come come to that in some situations because people can just hide behind screens and, you know, have these debates. But so much of, of life, but specifically college, is about being in person and, you know, talking about these issues. And if, of course, people are going to have differing opinions, but the way in which they are dealt with is has not been productive, in my opinion, in this virtual environment. And it's only exacerbated some of these tensions that I think already exist on social media. So if that could be another lesson that I highlight, I think that's one of them, that the in-person environment for those types of ordeals is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yes, the the social media, um, the social media realm has definitely been something that I've been thinking about. The way that we go about addressing certain situations has definitely been an issue, um, not just at Chapman, but also in our community and in our in our nation, in society as a whole. But what I do think is important about social media is that we do not get from in-person meetings is how accessible information is. Um, you can inform so many groups of people about what's actually going on and what's truly happening uh, just by using social media. It has a much larger reach and platform. So I think that that's like a benefit that has come from being in you know, the pandemic and everyone being tuned in to the internet and on social media is that I hope individuals are more aware of what's actually going on and are able to see a much different perspective from what they're used to. I I think we can get caught up in our own bubble um, and only, you know, associate with who we are familiar with. But I do believe that social media has allowed for us to diversify our perspectives um, is everyone accept, accepting of that? I don't think so. But I do think that there is an opportunity there. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity for people who actively search it out. But I, I do worry that some people stick to, you know, the accounts that I share beliefs with and I block people I don't agree with. And obviously, you know, there's different types of people using social media for different reasons. So I think Yes, that can be a pro, but there's also the danger of that. So I, I, I like everything we've been talking about. There's pros and cons to to everything, and hopefully we can pull out the pros and move away from the cons as we as we move past this past year. And I so, completely agree. What I was and, saying was not def- was not a negation of of the cons. I think with in life everything has a con, um, but I do mm-hmm. think that the pros can outweigh. Yeah, for sure. So another another quote that we had on the Instagram responses says how to adapt leadership styles. And I think college leaders, leaders in general can definitely agree that there's been a lot of adaptation needed this past year. Um, And Aaron, as SGA vice president, I'd love to hear about, about your thoughts on how this past year has forced you and others to adapt leadership styles. Mm hmm. I've had to, I think, okay, I think I'll start off with saying that um, 
the adaptation of my leadership skills first came from me reflecting and getting a better sense of who I am and how I lead people and then figuring mm-hmm. out how to incorporate that in a virtual setting. Um, I think those were the first steps that I, that I took and um, I think that I've grown so much, so much uh, through this space because it's forced me to. I've had to stretch myself in ways that I've, I have not had to do before. Um, and I think that it's important to note that it didn't only affect student leaders, but also administration for universities, for corporations. Um, it's affected everyone that is in the leadership space. We've all had to figure out, okay, how, how do we continue to do our jobs and you know, what we feel called to do in the most effective and productive way? Um, even within this virtual environment. So and that's what I would say about my experience. And I'm interested to hear about your experience, Philip, having to you know, be the president of an, of an organization and it being virtual. Yeah, no, I, I agree with your reflection. And I, I would like to emphasize some of the, the more tense moments that we've had this past year and make some examples of those. You know, one being you know, around the election, one being around the January 6th uh, insurrection at the Capitol and just others being around the, the pandemic and decisions about decisions that are really impacting people's lives and, you know, challenge reopening, vaccinations, all of these extremely tense and controversial conversations that we've been having in our campus or around our campus and the way that SGA and our student leaders are supposed to lead during those moments. And obviously, you know, just because we're in SGA doesn't mean we don't have opinions, but as leaders in SGA, we have to, you know, represent the student body, you know, as much as politics and personal views come into it, you know, we are in the end elected to represent the student body and our constituents. And I think learning how to, you know, adapt to everything that has happened, all of those controversial and tense moments in this past year, and also just how to lead, then again, like you were saying, in the virtual environment has been very challenging, rewarding, and it's definitely been a learning moment for all of us, I think. Um, And I mean, if I were to pull one thing, at the beginning of the year, I think that we were so, what's the word I'm looking for? We, I think we were, or at least in my opinion, I was kind of afraid to take sides because of being a representative of the student body at large. But there's certain moments this past year that have made us kind of have to reaffirm our values in general. And I hate that that now encompasses taking sides, but thinking back to, to January 6th and us having to kind of just, you know, as leaders of the student body, taking a stand for the values that we want to uphold, not only in SGA, but at Chapman. And I think that's one way that, you know, what's happened this past year has forced us to, to change, at least me and I'm sure you and others in SGA have, have been forced to kind of adapt the way that we view leadership. Um, and, and I think that, you know, reaffirming values is part of, of leadership. It's not dividing the student body. It's reminding the student body of, of what we are called to stand for. So I think that's one more, I don't know, more abstract thing I've taken from this past year. 
but then like you were saying with with more tangible um adaptations in regards to virtual environment and managing people during the virtual world it's been tough and i think that it's only reminded me that people need more support and people need more communication and the in-person environment yields much better results in that regard so definitely a different a, di- a difficult question and topic to ponder but an important one for sure mm-hmm. and as we you know wrap things up i'm interested to hear what would be your you, the reflection that you would take into the future with you like what do you hope to implement when we get back to an in-person setting <sighs> that's a loaded question <laughs> but i i think my first re- reaction at least what's going on in my head right now is thinking about people and obviously as we kind of alluded to at the beginning of of the episode there's been an enormous amount of loss and pain from this past year and it's reminded us a lot about you know how valuable certain things are in our life compared to other things um and you know one of the things that i one of the silver linings that i pull out from let's say the beginning of the pandemic when i when we all went home from college <laughs> was being with my family and spending more time with them and literally being in a locked house where it's like you're not supposed to leave if you leave you you're not supposed to stay out for long and I think that that has kind of translated to just spending more quality time with people and how much I've also missed spending quality time with people because we've been over Zoom and we haven't had those in-person experiences. So if I were to pull out one thing, it's that we need to, moving forward, prioritize people in our lives. And, And that'll look different depending on who you are and your situation and whether it's within an organization or whether it's your family and friends or whether it's just strangers you meet, I think prioritizing people moving forward is something that should have been happening before, but definitely as for society at large needs to be happening as we, as we move past the pandemic and into this new version of, of reality. What, what, what about you? What is your overall reflection? I would agree with you. And I would say that that is it. That was what I was also going to touch on. I've, had the opportunity to spend so much time with my mom, um, which I completely, and I, I completely appreciate and am grateful for, um, you know, being at college, you live away from home for a period of time. So when you're back at home, it might feel strange at first, but I feel as though, do I want to leave? You know, I ask myself that, do I want to leave? And mm-hmm. do I want to, um, you know, miss out on having this time to spend with my family? So I completely, I completely agree with you that prioritizing people in our lives more, um, especially when we get into the in-person reality, uh, is important. It's always been important. Yeah. And I think that this has emphasized that greatly. Yep, goes back to that cherish every single moment response that we got on the Instagram. I think that that's something that it, it, we just have to remember both now and moving mm-hmm. forward. And don't take things for granted. Don't take people or others for exactly. granted, you know. So as we tie everything together, we want to give you know a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast this semester. We really do appreciate every one of you and we're so sad that it's coming to an end. Our final episode of the season will be released May 10th, 
and we will be having Dr. Andrew Cammy, the Director of the Student Psychological Counseling Services with us to discuss mental health as we approach finals week. Yes, I very much look forward to that episode. I think that mental health and wellness and overall well-being are such important topics to discuss, especially in the, co- in the context of college and higher education. So that'll be a great one. Hopefully uh, you'll be able to tune in. But be sure to epi- share this episode uh, and podcast with your friends and family and peers and if you found it interesting or helpful. And we will see you um, in a couple of weeks for our, our final episode of the, the year. So thanks for being with us and, and take care. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Bye, everyone.